Stories open our mind and world to possibilities, opportunities and realities. Some stories inspire you, some stories define you. Some stories create you, some stories nurture you. Some stories pose the questions, some stories provide the answers. Some stories take you to a dream world, some stories bring you back to the real world. Welcome to the podcast StoryPod with Nishchila. In this show, you can tune into stories with amazing people across the world. Through these stories, you will listen to ideas that matter, real-world insights, and positive inspiration. I am Nishchila Murthy Kaushik, Chief Storyteller and Vice President at HFS Research, and your host for this podcast. In this series, The Shiro Diaries. You will hear from women leaders across the globe on their personal life and career journey, choices and decisions which influence them, and reflections from these experiences. Are you ready for stories that can change your life? My guest for today's podcast is Anita M Mohan. Anita is Executive Vice President and Chief Growth and Strategy Officer for EXL. Anita is a member of the executive committee and leads definition and implementation of long-term strategy to drive the next phase of growth for EXL. Anita is also responsible for marketing and business development for EXL. Prior to EXL, Anita served in executive roles for IBM Watson Health, Truven Health Analytics, Thomson Reuters, and Telcordia Technologies. Anita has an MBA from Columbia Business School, an MS in Computer Science from Columbia University, and a BS in Mathematics and Computer Science from Manhattan College. Anita currently resides in Northern New Jersey. In our first segment, Shiro in the Spotlight, you get to know a little bit about our featured Shiro, her childhood, her family, education, and career journey. Hi Anita, good morning. It's a pleasure to have you in our podcast show today. Anita, we'd like to start with knowing you in a unique and interesting way, something which I've tried before with people of all age groups and it's fun. So I'm going to ask you to describe yourself using 3 to 5 adjectives which start with the first letter of your name, A. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh Nishal, first, uh thank you very much for having me here today. It's great to be here. Uh, let's see. I am active, I would say. I try to stay active to stay healthy. I have an aptitude for learning and and a great interest in lifelong learning. So, I'll go with aptitude. And a third, I'll say aspirational because I've uh, had um, you know, a bit of ambition throughout my career to continually move on and um try to envision what's possible so i try to think in an aspirational way that was fun anita so um aspirational active they're great words to describe an individual let's do now a time travel together if you were to look back at your childhood and dwell a little bit on the role of your family in where you stand today that would be a great question for us to know about Sure, uh just a little bit about my background. I was one of 10 children, eight girls and two boys. So family was definitely the biggest influence on me growing up. 
which was great. You know, we had a built-in support system and built-in critics too. My mom had a master's in English and she taught at the college level until choosing to stay home and manage the family. And my dad was a bank president. So we had a very strong emphasis on, on achievement, on working hard, always making your best effort in whatever we were doing. And um, also my parents had a very deep faith, which I really experienced as a focus on honesty and integrity in all that we did. Wow, that's really nice, Anita. If I look back at my life, I do believe that a huge part of where I am and what I am today has its genesis in in family and childhood. So if we have to kind of, you know, walk down that path a little bit further, what role has education played in where you stand today? You know, it's played a huge role. Um, My dad, you know, with eight daughters, he believed very strongly that His daughters had every right and ability to pursue whatever career path we would choose. And so I heard stories about how he had supported and promoted women into senior leadership positions at the bank from a long time ago, from the 1970s and onwards. Um, So he always supported our pursuit of advanced degrees. And uh, growing up, there was never a question that we would go to college. We all went to a four-year college. Um, And then my time at Columbia, uh, when I was pursuing my master's in computer science, was really um, impactful in terms of what it taught me about the process of learning through grit and hard work. Um, And there, there were always more men than women, but there was great diversity. And I I always felt like I belonged there, you know, and then even more at home at my MBA program at Columbia, which came later. Um, And there, you know, it was more about a team orientation strategy, how to build and grow a business. Um, So there I, I really got confidence in setting directions for change. And learning really important lessons about business, like how to really value information and relationships. And of course, you learn you learn how to learn and you recognize that there's always more to learn. And, you know, knowing what you don't know can be as important as what you do know. So I, I think especially in the technology world today, right, as fast as things are changing and the market's changing, in order for all of us to uh, keep an edge, you know, we have to view ourselves as lifelong learners. Absolutely, Anita. It's absolutely important for us to be open to learning and I think consciously make an effort to learning every day and learning with every experience. Post-education, if we move on to your career and work, could you talk a little bit about your professional journey, how you started and some of the key highlights which uh, you are exceptionally proud of in your career journey? Sure. It's been a long journey. I um, I think of it as an agile development uh, methodology because uh, my career really has moved forward in a way that uh, I I could not anticipate and and could not have predicted. But I always tried to move forward, building on what I had accomplished and and taking advantage of the opportunities in front of me. And of course, I'm I'm very grateful for the support of all of the supervisors and colleagues who have helped me, you know, navigate the career waters along the way. I'm most pleased, I think, that I started my career at Belcor, which had been part of Bell Labs, and then then split off during the AT&T divestiture. 
it was such a great place to start a career, a wonderful place full of bright minds, diversity, innovation, and a lot of growth. Um, I started in software development and moved up in management uh, with responsibilities for product management, P&L. I really didn't know what I was doing, but this was how you learned there. Um, one of the, the boldest moves I think I made, and again, an important one, was when I left Belcor. So after my MBA, I, I changed the company I was working for, the role that I was doing, uh, the function and the industry all at once when I joined Thomson Reuters to be part of their healthcare analytics business. And uh, my most recent move uh, was when I left IBM Watson to join EXL. So EXL is just a fantastic, uh, diverse place with huge opportunity for growth. I'm really enjoying it here. I'm challenged to play a role in scaling up all of our uh, kind of cutting edge analytics and AI capabilities across the market. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited about it. We've got a, a proven formula for making AI real. And it's very different than what I've experienced in my past organizations. And this is really keeping me and everyone here really engaged, really pushing the envelope every day. So I guess I'm, I'm pleased that I, was, I didn't let the risk of making these big changes hold me back. That's wonderful to hear, Anita. I think uh, a lot of us, as we grow and advance in our careers, uh, we are afraid of change. We do have apprehensions about taking risks. Uh, so I'm a little curious to know, what are your considerations when you have made some of these career shifts and moves? And how did you find the courage to probably even explore new pathways in your career? You know, I, um, I always wanted to be doing something new and different, you know, learning about mm -hmm. something new and being in an area that's growing and changing. And, and that's what I really find engaging about the work that we do. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't usually look at it as um, a path that I can't return from. So, so maybe that's how I deal with the risk. I think that if this particular path doesn't work out, there will always be another alternative. And there always has been, there's just so much happening in our industry. There is always, you know, some other opportunity that you can go after. Um, but in the end, I've I've haven't I haven't found the need to do that to backtrack. You know, I, I've always found that there was even more opportunity for growth and development um, than I was even aware of when I decided to make these moves. That's wonderful to hear, Anita. I think it's extremely positive, and uh, what I believe is known as the growth mindset. Uh, so I think you've demonstrated that wonderfully in your career. So looking forward, what do you what next for you? How do you see the next phase of your career panning out? Uh, so we have quite a bit to do. We have so much growth opportunity in front of us here at EXL. What I'm really focused on is uh, helping to scale up our capabilities, um, helping to accelerate the deployment of AI in our client environments. Um, and I'd uh, like to be you know, as, as I move on in my career, I, I'd like to probably do more to help uh, other women and, you know, share my experience and do what I can to help them be bold and move on, you know, and, and take on the opportunities that they see in front of them. 
That's wonderful to hear, Anita. As women in leadership positions who have a voice at the table, who are in positions of influence, I think uh, it is our responsibility to pay it forward. So it's wonderful that it's a priority for you, and you're doing that very consciously. In this segment. You will hear Ashiro Anita share her thoughts and experiences around leadership and life lessons. Uh, you've been a leader for a long number of years, and I'm sure the life experience you've had is been, you know, influential in shaping your choices and decisions and outlook to life. So, um, as a leader, uh, Anita, what do you think are the most important dimensions for building diverse and inclusive organizations? You know, um, Nishal, I think that um, it's important that we be deliberate about our intention to really build diverse and inclusive organizations. So, I think you know everyone recognizes that people have implicit biases. Um, but we know also that bias isn't necessarily what drives behavior. So implicit bias training is kind of a necessary uh, first step, you know, necessary but not sufficient. Certainly, it raises awareness of the differences that exist, um, and it's important to create a safe space to have these conversations about equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, but you know, I I think that. Well, at least in my experience, um, the leaders that I've worked with, they want to be inclusive. So it's not a, a really a question of intent. But I think to keep that focus, it's useful to set targets for improvement in inclusivity measures. So, you know, that can be around things like creating diverse slate, slates of candidates when you're hiring, you know, having a look at the diversity of the people that are selected to lead new initiatives in your organization uh, and supporting employee resource groups. Like, um, you know, we have women at EXL and most um, large companies do have resource groups like this. These are some of the things that I think are important. Sure, Anita, thank you so much. I'd like to talk a little bit about 2020. I think the year which changed all our lives in unimaginable ways. I think the pandemic situation has put women in the workplace many, many, many steps behind. Now that we are, you know, at the start of a new decade, a new year, and things seem to be slowly and surely limping back to some sense of the new normal. What do you think is the most important thing that needs to be done to address the situation of last year, to create a gender equal future as we move forward? So, so many, just so many things, right? Michelle, <laughs> um, yeah. you told me about the term Shiro. <laughs> so yes. I, I've also seen people talking about the she session that we had, um, mm -hmm. this recession having been you know, a downturn where the impacts of job loss and income loss has been affecting women far more than men. Um, in fact, I, I saw that we're 30 years back now. We've gone back 30 years in terms of women's participation in the workforce. So one of, one of the things that I um, think we've made progress on but need to make more, especially now, is really, you know, understanding and reinforcing the reality that men and women share equal responsibility for raising children. 
And, and if you really believe that, then you say, okay, well, what are the implications of a belief like this? And it would be that there needs to be more um, support for universal childcare. Um, we had, you know, a great experience here in New York City where EXL is headquartered, um, where they introduced universal pre-K and five years ago reached 70,000 four-year-olds. So it's evidence that we can make progress in this direction. It, it takes focus. Um, but And I so I think a lot more needs to be done to build support for uh, expanded child care programs so that, of course, you know, so that it's a more practical reality for more women to continue their careers and take shorter breaks from their careers when they, you know, make the decision to uh, have a family. No, that's very, very important, uh, Anita. I think that thought is something which is important to highlight and bring to the table. But I'd like to dwell a little bit about, you know, how do you manage to navigate between professional commitments and personal responsibilities? How have you managed to figure out the balancing act and juggle both of them? What approaches or solutions or support systems or technology has helped you at different stages and phases to come so far in life? Oh, thank you. Um, Michelle, I have to give so much credit to my family and, and all the people that have helped me. Um, it, you know, it certainly takes a village to raise a family. Um, my children's uh, grandmother and great aunt were such a big part of me being able to pursue my career when they were young. Now, you know, as my kids are older, my caregiving is mostly focused on my dad. And, you know, all I can say is thank goodness for the modern smartphone, you know, shared calendars, uh, caregiver text threads, home delivery now, which, um, you know, has really been increased with the, the pandemic, but was uh, available before, you know, for groceries and supplies. Um, and I think planning the calendar well in advance is really key um, because you really have to uh, have that support all lined up so that, you know, when, when you're home, you're focused on home, but when you're working, you, you need to be able to focus on work. So advanced planning is the most important strategy there. That's wonderful. You use the words planning and strategy. I think uh, yeah. if, if I guess a lot more women could look at it that way, I guess things might be a little more easier for us. But that's a great thought, uh, uh, Anita. I'd like to talk a little bit about the active Anita that you mentioned at the start of the conversation. I, I guess you'd agree that health and wellness is probably important for career longevity and success. So I'm just curious to know, how do you kind of manage to give it a priority? And what do you do on a regular basis for your own health? You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you've highlighted this too. I mean, I think you're definitely right. You, you have to stay healthy in order to stay focused um, on your family and on your career. Um, I, I think about staying healthy as something I need to do to kind of um, build up my reserves of strength. You know, I know I feel strongest when I'm uh, leading a balanced life. So I do like to exercise in the mornings and, and save my evening time for more relaxation and, and connecting with family and friends. Um, and I think knowing when you really need to take some time away for a recharge is very important. I do remember one of my mentors telling me early on when we were going through a particular stressful period at work, 
You know, he said, you, you have to think of work as a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, so you can't go all out one day uh, and then you'll have nothing for the next. Um, so, you know, today's world is a fast world. We have to act with speed and agility in order to win in this market. Um, but we, we have to do that knowing that we need to have the reserves to be able to bring that same level of speed and agility the next time it's needed. So I probably should exercise more, but I know that I, um, I feel better and I can um, stay focused at work when I'm, I'm, you know, looking for that balance between exercise and personal time. That's great to hear, Anita. So I think I can't, you know, uh, re-emphasize the importance of, you know, just leading a healthy, active life. I think we all are more productive, creative, happier, both at the workplace and at home if we are healthy. So I think health is important for all of us to consciously focus time and effort on. So that's great to hear. Anita, I'd like to talk next into another topic, which is very, very the very limited conversations around this topic uh, in the public domain, and that's about managing personal finances. So I'm curious, to know, you've been financially independent all your life. I'm just curious to know, how do you manage your personal finances? Uh, any lessons, ideas, guidance that you would like to share with our listeners, especially young women professionals who are starting off their careers on what they should do or shouldn't do in terms of money matters? You know, I think as I talked about on one of the earlier topics there on balancing home and work life, I think that some advanced planning is good here. You do want to be able to think ahead for where you, you know, what opportunities you want to be in a position to be financially able to pursue in the future. But I think the one action, you know, along the lines of wanting to be supportive of other women who are earlier in their careers, I would say one action you can do is you can be part of closing the gender wage gap. You should you know, be paid for what you're worth. And if your current employer isn't able for whatever reason to pay you what you're worth, then, then you can find another employer who will be. So that's my, I think, strongest piece of advice is to ask to be paid for what you're worth and make sure that you are. That's a great uh, thought, Anita. I, I, I was not expecting that response, but it's something for yeah. me to think about as well. Uh, so. There you go. Don't. <laughs> okay. So I like to talk a little bit about skills at the workplace, specifically in the context of you know women uh, in leadership. So could you talk about some of the most critical skills that you feel women need to consciously build on, right? There's a lot of research around things like negotiation, right? Salary negotiation. There are a lot of conversations around how women need to be more effective in probably making their presence felt or, you know, speaking in public, right? So what in your view are some of those skills which you feel women need to develop early on? You know, I mean, two that you just mentioned. So on negotiation, um, that would definitely be in my top three. And uh, not just <laughs> relative to the, the answer I just gave on, on the prior question. But um, so, yes, of course, you have to be comfortable negotiating for your own compensation. But it's more than that, right? Throughout life, throughout business, you're always negotiating. You're always looking for that you know, kind of win-win answer to a challenge. And, and you also need to be able to recognize when someone is negotiating with you, right? You don't wanna be 
on the other end of a negotiation without realizing uh, until you're right in the middle of it. Um, so I would definitely put you know negotiation up there at the top. I don't know that I would say you have to be able to do public speaking to very large groups. It can help to build your own personal brand. But plenty of senior leaders are successful, you know, not having had that come to them as, as a natural talent, but rather learning it over time as they um, have larger and larger stages that they need to present from. But I also think that there's an influencing skill that's important that I'd want to talk about. You know, you might think of this as reading the room, right? You, you have to be able to understand what it takes to influence a group of leaders of your peers. Um, so you got to think hard about where they're coming from, what's influencing their thinking, you know, and figure out how to create a message that will move them from their current position to the direction that, that you really believe you know, you need to go. That's great advice, Anita. Thank you so much. I think the last one was something which, honestly, I never really considered it to be a skill, but you're right. I think it's important for us to get a pulse of the people we are talking to, the stakeholders, and, you know, find ways to probably get consensus, alignment, and directional focus on the goals that we are all working towards. So that's great to hear from you. You know, the last question for this segment is really around understanding your top three life mantras, which you feel have been critical in your professional growth and success. Oh, thank you. So I've probably touched on these already. You know, my first is definitely to keep learning, right? Whether you're going after a formal degree or taking a sabbatical or making time for yourself on the weekends, you know, learning about new areas will open your horizons. You know, it'll change your way of thinking. I am just grateful that I was able to get my MBA when I was a single mom. I was working full time. And as hard as it was, I really believe it was the best thing I could have done for my career. You know, my second will be asking for help, right? You, you want to accomplish so much. The only way to do it is as, as a part of a team. You know, I've heard people say business is a team sport, which it certainly is. Life is a team sport. So Never feel bad about asking for help and, and getting the help that you need. And my third is just to be open to new opportunities. You, you never know where your uh, career journey will lead you if you stay open to the opportunities and, and seize upon the ones that present themselves to you. Another way of saying that is timing is everything. So when you're in the right place at the right time, just be open and go for it. That's great, Anita. Look, see where your mantras have got you. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to hear. In this last segment, you can have some fun with Anita through a bunch of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay, so Anita, we now get into our last segment, which is really the fun segment, and we'd like to have some fun with you. So are you ready? I, I, I'll try. You surprised me with the AAA, so <laughs> I hope I'm ready. Okay, so the only the only rule for this section is you're not going to take more than three seconds to answer, right? So you're going to respond oh, very quickly. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll work on that. Okay, so what was the last book you read and why? I read Measure What Matters by John Doerr because we are adopting OKRs all throughout EXL. And I, I needed to learn more about it before we could push forward, before I could push forward. Okay, great. 
When did you last take a flight? Actually, just yesterday. And the protocols are so buttoned up, I actually felt safe. And it was kind of cool to have like a glimpse of a reminder of what a really, you know, a more mobile society feels like. It's quite nice. Wow, that's great. So you took a flight yesterday. Okay. I did. Yeah. So where would you like to travel for a holiday then next? Actually, I want to go to India. Maybe I can wow. visit you. Yes. <laughs> of course. Um, I, I'd really love to. I joined DXL a, a year ago just as the pandemic was starting and I haven't been able to make the trip yet. I can't wait. So Anita, next question. Why do you love your work? Well, I, I think it's really all about the forward motion. I just I just love it when you're working with a team and they come up with something new that you never thought was possible. And and all of a sudden you're, you know, three steps ahead of where you thought you could go. So I like the to be part of that constant forward progress. Okay, that's great. Who do you first call when you have a moment of success? I hope that I call the people that made it a success. Like I said, um, you know, business is a team sport and I don't achieve anything without the help and contribution of a big team of people. So I love to be able, you know, after uh, some kind of a big win to be able to go right back to the team and say, look what, look what you did. Look at this amazing thing we've accomplished together. That's wonderful to hear. That's a trademark of a great leader. So I'm sure your, your team is absolutely proud to have you as their leader. So my next question is, what celebrity ally would you love to meet given a chance? You know, I was going to say Kamala Harris, but I actually rode in an elevator with her once already. So instead, <laughs> I said, uh, I would like to meet Michelle Obama because I think she has changed so much in her life. And talking about seizing opportunities, you know, has found a way to just make so much of that opportunity that she had as first lady to become, you know, such a, a life coach and a supporter, just helping so many people in understanding what their potential is and helping them feel the confidence to go after it. So I, I just think she's amazing. I agree with you. In fact, she's in my list of people whom I'd love to meet when I get a chance. So I think we share that one. My last and probably the most fun question is, will you ever dance in a meeting, Anita? <laughs> well, actually, I have danced at a meeting. So in one of our, you know, we like many companies, you know, some of my past businesses had annual sales meetings. And it's not actually my, it's not, it doesn't come easily to me, shall I say. But certainly, it's another way to connect with your colleagues. And so, yes, I've done it. All for fun and all for the team, Anita. That was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. Just um, wonderful to have this conversation with you. And I learned from you today. I appreciate that.